This is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 17, take one. Welcome to the 17th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. We have an absolute banger of an episode for you today with a big-time lineup, starting with a checkup with Dr. O talking about the latest news in the movie industry. We have our movie review of Wonder Woman 1984, and then our top billing of the worst super superhero movies of all time. So use the restrooms now, grab your popcorn, and get ready for the 17th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Gentlemen, we are back here. We are at episode 17. How was everybody's Christmas, first of all? Fantastic. I had an amazing Christmas, along with Ricky Flicks. Uh, we spent a nice Christmas morning. I was a little jealous of one of Ricky Flicks' gifts, actually. Uh, Flicks, you want to tell the listeners the major movie-related present you got on Christmas morning? I renounce my wish. <laughs> you rescind you rescind your wish i renounced oh, my wish oh oh god <laughs> oh god you rescind your wish here we are we're already Ridge bashing city, this movie i thought we were saying Ridge city baby but yeah i did no. i did get a good gift as everyone knows from any other podcast that probably listen that you listen to matthew McConaughey was interviewing with a lot of people he has a new book out I got the book and a signed autograph from Matthew McConaughey. Pretty cool. Definitely uh, up there from favorite gifts that I got. Uh, definitely in the past decades, but it's up there as a memorabilia guy myself. But Decade. Decade. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm. I'm so jealous. I was so jealous of Ricky Flex. I got another book, movie related. I got uh, the best films of Martin Scorsese. And I opened it before Ricky Flicks opened his Matthew McConaughey book. And once mm. he opened that book, I threw out a trade opportunity with Ricky Flex, but he denied my proposal. I was going to throw him like a parasite. Wasn't even denied. I didn't even acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> he basically just shunned me for the rest of the Christmas morning after the trade offer. Yeah, rightfully so. It's not like your book is signed, Dr. O. If oh, it, it was. I mean, that... Imagine if I, got a, if I got a Scorsese book with his autograph in it, that might trump. That definitely trumps McConaughey's, in my opinion. Uh, that's a tough yes. one. Uh, yeah, probably. For me, yes. But. By the way, Scorsese, you guys read, uh, I wrote a blog today. He is think he said he doesn't, he quotes in an empire article that he is not have, he doesn't have the spark potentially to direct the next, uh, DiCaprio and De Niro movie. Uh, Flower, what spark? Uh, just like, he's uh, just what's like the name of the movie again? Flex. Killers uh, of, of the flowers. Moon. Killers of the flower moon. Yeah. It's uh, just a movie on the origins of the FBI. Way too late to say this. I don't believe it. I don't want to spend too much time on it unless it's actually a fact. I need more confirmation. He's just doing a disservice to the movie industry if this movie doesn't get made. Right. Like I need confirmation like, that, that needs, this movie that won't get made or something to warrant conversation because it has to happen. It's way too late in the process. He's just messing with our hearts right now. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, that's that's probably true. But at the same Playing time, he us. has accumulated so you know 
so many good movies over the years that maybe he's just like, I don't really need to make another one, you know? But a movie with but, Leo and De Niro? Yeah. And Leo's playing the villain just, again. Yeah, you know what? He's playing the villain. Yeah, it also could be publicity stunt. I mean, you know how Hollywood yes. is. Yeah, I agree. All right, why don't we get this... Um, why don't we get this episode underway? But before we do, I just want to make sure that everybody can follow us on our social media platforms. And that is at the drive-in pod on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and TikTok. We are the drive-in on Facebook and YouTube. And always check out our blog on a daily basis because that's where Dr. O's uh, blog about Martin Scorsese is. Uh, and that is on the driveinpod.com. Uh, just continuing with the theme of, of uh, you know, how much we love our fans. Um, we did promise you that we were going to read a review uh, if anybody did post a review uh, about the podcast, that we would read it out loud and give you a shout out. So uh, without further ado, we would love to give a shout out to Ash Jaka 11, uh, who posted or gave us a review. Very funny movie podcast. Wish it was more than once a week. We appreciate you listening, Ash Jaka. Please keep listening. And um, I can barely get one podcast out on a week when it comes to editing so two might be a little bit difficult but uh when i get there i'll get there just for you so thank you no very promises, much for yeah, ask jaka. thank you yeah. ask jaka we love you and we love all of our fans i want multiple reviews every week for each episode from ask jaka just so i can say their name on each episode yeah it's a pretty good, cool name ask jaka i don't know where it comes from great I like username it. yeah all right well without further ado i think it's time to throw it over to dr o for the checkup Dr. O, check us up. All right, let's get it rolling. Let's check the audience up. Uh, we got a few stories this week, and everything really picked up towards the end of the week. First off, Ready Player One news. That is the sequel. Ready Player Two is now in development, according to uh, author Ernest Klein, who wrote Ready Player One, the book. Uh, according to Inverse, Klein claims it's in the early stages right now, talking about the sequel. Uh, he says, especially since Hollywood is in limbo right now, but I can tell from the experience of making the first movie that everybody had a lot of fun and, can't wait to, and uh, I can't wait to do it again. The sequel to the book was just released November 24th, 2020. Boys, are we looking forward to the sequel to Ready Player One? I know you love this movie, Nez. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this movie. Um I was very hyped about it. Uh, I'm going to see if when I do edit this, if I can dig up the old Weekend Wise guys, me and Dr. O's old radio show. There's Go a back. recording where we're doing our top five most you know movies we're most excited for in the, that oncoming year. Ready Player One was my number one, and that was above Infinity War and Black Panther. Um, let me just say this. I was wrong. Okay, it was it, Ready Player One was not as good as I expected it to be, but still pretty good. I had high expectations, um, though. Spielberg. Yeah, I had ex- I had extremely high expectations, I, and you know what? It was still an entertaining movie. It's a popcorn movie. It's very fun. There's a lot of Easter eggs if you like video games in there, and I do love video games. So there's a lot of cool stuff there. Um, normally, I'd be very excited about uh, them coming up out with another one of these movies. Uh, however, I. I haven't read either of the books, but a good friend of mine uh, read the second book and said it is not nearly as good as the first one. The story isn't as good, and uh, they they did not like it, and they read it in like a week or whatever because they're, they're just like a big-time big, big time bookworm. Uh, however, I will say uh, based off of that review of the book, I guess I'm not excited for the movie, but if I was to review the first movie and use that as my judgment, I'd be excited for the second movie. 
That was a little hard to follow. Did anybody? Did anybody? Did I confuse anybody? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I followed <laughs> you there. I didn't. Here. I don't know anybody that read the book. It only came out last month. I'm impressed that someone already read it. They must really have a really love Ready Player One and this author. They, no, they just like reading. Yeah, I don't know. Big time bookworm. <laughs> yeah, we're more of a watching but, uh, podcast here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can do a book review at some point. Maybe we'll do a book review of Green Lights. Do a chapter review from a. Uh, McConaughey. Ah, not a bad idea. Okay. Yeah, a little book review chapter review if we're not up to the full book. But uh, I actually I'm super excited for about this too. Um the book part got the book, the sequel and the review of that kind of got me down a bit. But a lot of complaints about this movie had to do with the like over leniency on nostalgia. But honestly, that's what I love most about that movie. It's like you're seeing the Iron Giant in play. You had higher, you have Harley Quinn in a scene. You had the Batman in a scene. Oh yeah. Uh, you had so many. And then like the, like literally Master the scene Chief. where the end, Master Chief, then they're literally entering that scene from The Shining. I can't wait for what they produce mm-hmm. and that type of, uh, like, what scene, the classic movie they're going to dive into in the sequel. People shouldn't really complain about that because they have to just accept the fact it's a popcorn movie. And Spielberg directed this first one. Hopefully he's on board for the second because, like, half of those moments he's creating himself because he's such a legend. Mm-hmm. Right? We talked about Scorsese. Now we talk about Spielberg. Oh, yeah. But uh, – I, I'm excited just so I can see some more of these uh, Easter eggs that uh, made the first one so entertaining. I am on the other side as you two. I'm not excited for this. I'm not going to lie. I Listen, the first one, as you said, there's some good action and nostalgia, right? Iron Giant, that great montage near the end, the Back of the Future, the DeLorean, going through that whole mosh pit of that armies colliding against each other. But everything else is flat. The actual humans, the actors in the stories were very flat. flat. Ben Mendelsohn didn't really pull me, even though I love him. I think he's very underrated. I didn't think he was great in this role. But again, I'm I'm more interested. Yeah, but it's Ardo. To, but like those scenes should pull me in more. Like they should like keep the story going instead. It was just so flat. As an adult, I found it very boring. And for a movie that's an action movie, I, that's not very good. There should be more action scenes or Funny they should enough. try to move the for- story forward. But I'm more interested in if this book just came out, how much influence this the first movie had on the sequel and where they go from here. Because if the book just came out and they're already talking about Ready Player Two, like usually books, to, if you write a book, it takes years to develop a movie from the book, but they're already talking about the movie coming out in recent years, like very soon. So I'm interested in how much influence it had on the book. And maybe that affected that review that you, your friend had about the books being not as good or the other way around where they'll fix some of the adjustments in the first movie to make the second movie better. Yeah, maybe. And they did, they did set up a sequel, but kind of in at the end of the first movie. So, um, you know, they did leave that door open. Uh, I, I'll say I enjoyed the first movie. Um, it's not a cinematic masterpiece, but like I said, it's a fun movie. It's a popcorn movie. You go there, Spielberg effects, huge, beautiful visuals, lots of cool Easter eggs, a couple ha-has, uh, and, you know, that was pretty much what you got. You got King Kong. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I guess a per- what I'm trying to say is that I see it on television all the time, and if it's not the scene, that montage that I referenced, I'm not putting it on. I just don't you put like it the on. shining scene. I thought that was amazing. The way they redid that whole thing, they made it look identical. I, I thought that yeah. was spectacular. I thought the shining like, that was, was cool. our, I think that looked good. I think that looked I, good. 
it just got you like seeing that in theaters for the first time you got like first off it was nez's number one most anticipated movie that year why because mm-hmm. the trailers just seeing iron giant in action shooting lasers from his eyes yeah and, like it almost looked like live action almost the way it looks so you're like how many other times am i going to see iron giant on screen and like that's why it's mm. like this next trailer that comes out what are they going to have this time right well whether the batmobile is going to show the blue up blue order scene you know? was cool too and the bgs the dancing scene yeah, was pretty the, cool the dancing oh yeah right. so, it was like, I guess, just the look, the visual effects of the movie, as Nez pointed out. It, 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 it was, was unique, else. for sure. It was, was definitely great. unique. If they could, reca- if they could recast, uh, t- uh, is it Ty Sheridan? I think yeah, Ty Sheridan. If they could Wade. recast him, that'd be okay. I didn't have a, I'm not a big fan of him, but uh, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm there for the nostalgia, baby. Yeah, that's basically uh, why I'll watch the second one, for the nostalgia and the action. Yeah. I hear that. Moving on with the checkup here. Christopher Nolan news, boys. Christopher Nolan says creating video games of his films is, quote, definitely something he's interested in. So the quote comes from an interview with the, uh, with the Game Awards host, Jeff Keighley. Which Nolan movie would you like to be seen made into a video game, boys? Start with you, Ricky Flicks. Oh, okay. I didn't know we are pivoting to this. Uh, this is a good question. Man, I, I, there's a lot of avenues you can go. Obviously... There's been a lot of Batman movies, Arkham Asylum, so it's kind of an easy cop out there. But I'll change it up. Memento would be a great detective movie, I think. And it could be a little unique, and you could have sub-chapter storylines that you can go on. But if I really had a Yeah, exactly. But if I really had to pick one, like I think I would pick Interstellar. And the visuals on that video game with all the, like the new PS5, like that would look incredible. And cool. you, could do all, you could even change the storyline a bit. Um, but I guess that's one I would pick, but I could see other avenues you would take. Uh, what about you guys? I think I'm definitely going with inception. I think the concept of the movie is incredible. Uh, if they made a video game where you're kind of venturing through different dream levels and, and different, uh, where basically you would be going on different sub storylines. You're going to different places when you go to a different dream level. No, it's almost like you pass or you complete the achievement in this certain dream level, and then you uh, go to the next one, mm-hmm. and you're basically trying to to. And then you can get very creative with that because you can uh, write whatever story you want for each dream level, and then you just have to tie it in together at the end. Nolan did all the hard art, hard parts for you, where he basically created this 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 the story you know, storytelling device. And then oh, you yeah. can just write a story for however you want, if you want to adapt it or something. Um, so I think that would be a really cool, uh, w- really cool movie to convert into a game. I think that's, pull it off the- yeah, I think it's interesting. You said the creativity in a video game, you can go even more creative. And it's interesting that he comes out with this, especially during a time when HBO Max and uh, just announced about uh, 2021 movies all going to HBO Max and theaters, and the creative people behind the movies, like the Denis Villeneuve Waves and Christopher Nolan, like they they aren't getting any, uh, they aren't getting any say on their own movies. And with mm-hmm. video games, you kind of get more say. You get to lead the charge a little more. You don't have any these huge budgets from these studios. You have huge budgets from the, the video game producers, but they kind of lean towards you. They lean towards you to create these movies and these storylines that. Yeah. us players get to see so it's interesting how he like look at tenant he dropped the trailer on Fortnite. like that's just says yeah, it all like we were waiting for it really days, i had no idea i was idea. waiting to blog about it and literally it's just, it's on Fortnite. you have to wait another day or wait a couple hours it, it drove me up a wall but it just shows like his he has an affinity or his kids have an affinity for video games it's yeah like he wants to get movies more into pop culture i feel like that's why he's bringing this up and more of a reliance yes. on them or you mean video I, games 
Yeah, but like 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 the link between video games and movies. Oh, got it. Yeah, got it. Got it. Gotcha. Because that used to be a major thing, man. Like back in the day, a blockbuster movie comes out. There's a video game on PlayStation One. There's a PC game that goes with it. Yeah. Remember all the Harry Potters that came yeah. out after every single movie? Oh, those games were Spider-Man awesome. One, Spider-Man, like uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. There's like games that came out right after those. They weren't necessarily all good. It was like an action like, figure, a video game was to the movie. And like, I mean, imagine like exactly. Inception on a PS5, the different settings, like the maps you could have. It could be incredible. Yeah. And then like Inception, you're also like, let's. I wrote about it as a blog, but I think that'd be the best one too. You could tag team with your bros, go online, right? Going through skiing through the mountains, just like in yeah. the last dream of Inception. That'd be incredible. Mm-hmm. Then like you're shooting people on skis. Like, and then obviously they can go into a lot of different uh, creative maps for that. Uh, Tenet would also be sick if you had like, uh, what's it called? You could, uh, you put on the headset there. What's it, what is it? Uh, what am I thinking of? What's Tenet? Where you act it out. No, the video game. It's a, uh, uh, what's it called? The Oculus or the Facebook virtual reality. Virtual reality. You could imagine the virtual reality you could do with like Tenet. That'd be kind of cool. I know you'd be like breaking through a window or something. You could see some very funny home videos from that. But that'd be <laughs> incredible too. But uh, Dunkirk, we're like only also dismissing that. That can make for an, an yeah. insane World War II game. That would and be like cool. think of all the different settings you could have. Like you could be a pilot in the air fighting off the Nazis. You could be a, a, a allied soldier on the beach. You could be a World War One vet, like sailing a uh, a ship or your boat to the shore, trying to save some soldiers. Like all these different dynamics there, that could be sick too. So yeah, I think the way I'm looking at it is not like looking at past Nolan movies. I'm more looking at it at like an industry level. Like I'm thinking like, all right, if Christopher Nolan, one of the acclaimed directors right now, going and one of, like one of the biggest action directors is saying, all right, like I want to get into the video game space. Like other directors are gonna to want to do that, and like other film franchises, like look, like imagine if John Lynch was a like had a video game, or like John Wick. I mean, I think I said John Lynch. John Wick had John a video Lynch. game, or like what if uh, like Mission Impossible had like started their own video game franchise? Like I feel like this is opening like the industry and other directors and franchises say, oh, like that's interesting. Like I might want to get into the video game space. A lot of money there and creativity that. Uh, won't get affected by these studios limiting us with theater releases, stuff like that. Yeah. That's the way I looked at this yeah. news. Yeah, they, are they, they, he has such a unique, like he's in such a unique style. It seemed like it'd be easy to transition to video games. I think that's why Christopher Nolan's like mm-hmm. it's like he's something like that's not familiar, like not like like another Spider-Man game. It's not something we've seen before. A John Wick right. game. It's like James Bond. It's like the, we saw in the mm-hmm. '90s, the early 2000s. Like this is, could be something completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving on with the checkup. There is a Mad Max prequel, Furiosa, uh, that's going to get, that just got a release date. It's set to hit theaters June 23rd, 2023. So we got a little ways to go. It's going to star Anya Taylor-Joy, who's blistering hot right now, following her performance in Netflix's The Queen's Gambit. Charlize Theron will not return in any capacity. And then joining Anya Taylor-Joy is Chris Hemsworth and Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, uh, boys, what do we think about a Mad Max prequel based on Furiosa flicks? I think it's, I think it's great. Like the all the cast that you said, I need to the joy, yeah, yeah. Chris Hemsworth, they're all like very hot right now. You know, Hansel's so hot right now. Like, if this movie was coming out next year or even the year after, they would like catch that, catch that heat. They would catch the all these viewers, like the sixty-two million households or whatever it was that watched the Queen's Gambit and Anya Taylor Joy, and the people that watched Emma earlier this year, one of the better performances of the year in the movie industry in the movies. 
they would be like, all right, next year I'm seeing, I'm making sure Mad Max is like the first movie I see that summer. Like if I spent my money going to the theaters, but this movie doesn't come out to 2023. That's so far away. I like, I'm sure like these are, th- these are three huge stars or two budding stars and one huge star. I think that it'll be fine by then, but like 2023 is just so far for me. I just don't want to get hyped up for something that's just so far. And then maybe like these actors take a downturn or something. I'm not saying they are, it's highly unlikely, but I, I just, I wish it was sooner to go along with the hype around these people. Yeah. I'd say I'm excited about it just based off my love for the first one. Um, but at the same time, it, there's a good chance it could have sequel fever, even though it's not obviously a direct sequel. Um, a lot of times in, when Hollywood, when there's like a really successful first movie, then they're like, wow, this is a cash cow. Let's write a crappy story about it. Um, and then they just pump one out. So hopefully they don't do that. Um, you know, we'll see what we learn down the road. And uh, I'm a I'm a massive like this whole year has turned me on to Anya Taylor Joy. Like her and the Queen's Gambit, she might win an Emmy for that. Like she or Golden Globe. Like she was phenomenal in that series. Uh, I might even rewatch it. Like she was just so compelling as a character in that. And I think she's an amazing actress. And she's so young. And she's like she doesn't look like Charlize Theron really. I don't think they, they really care because it's like, obviously the movies doesn't have to look. Identical, yeah, they don't care. But I think she's going to, she's going to tear up the screen. I think she's going to be awesome. And then like being next to an action savant, like Hemsworth and then Yaya, who's one of the best in the game, just said anything. So mm-hmm. that's it's a long ways away to be excited for, but it's great that it has a release date and we can confirm it's actually happening. Just after Queen's Gambit, like her confidence must be through the roof right now. Like Emma, she might get nominated for an Academy Award too from that. Like she's just going to be through the roof in confidence. And she, like, she's just going to do extremely well with whoever she's with, let alone Yaya and Chris Hemsworth. So I, I have a lot of hope for this mm-hmm. movie. I, I think this movie is going to be great. It's not going to suffer from sequel fever. I just, again, it's 2023. And George, I think George Miller's directing, so it's like you get right. the same incredible mind coming back mm. to it. That usually works. Didn't exactly work with Wonder Woman 1984 with Patty Jenkins, as we'll talk about, but mm. usually it works. Send my wish. of DC News. Speaking of DC News, we're moving on to an important article that actually came out yesterday in the New York Times that kind of gave a future, it previews the future for DC movies. This is going to lead into our review of Wonder Woman 1984. A couple big hitters here. We'll start. I'll go one by one. So first off, Wonder Woman three is already being fast tracked. Okay, the Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, the sequel to Wonder Woman, uh, uh, came out Christmas Day. A few days later, Wonder Woman three now being fast tracked by Warner Brothers. Uh, Gal Gadot is going to repar- reprise her role as Wonder Woman, and Patty Jenkins is going to return for the third entry in the franchise. So without getting into too much of Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, what do we think about this idea of the third one being fast tracked? We'll start with you, Nez. Uh, I mean, <laughs> exactly. Um, where's the script? What's what's it about? What's going on? When is it? When does it happen? Is there any sort of continuation? Does it connect to any other films? Does it connect to any current DCEU films? These are all the things that these are all the problems I have with 1984. So, are they going to just make a solo movie that basically feels like it's not even attached to this universe? Or are they going to make a movie that is attached to this universe? This DCEU thing, I, it's, it's really just been a colossal failure, in my opinion, because I, I don't feel the connection of any movies. I don't feel like we're building to anything greater. I feel like it's a cluster, you know what. Um, so 
I I don't know if I have anything to be excited about. I don't I don't know what comic they're basing it off of. I don't know what the story is, um, but you know we'll see. It always yeah, has yeah. high production value. If, any, if anybody has potential in this universe, it, it's Wonder Woman. They it's you know they she does have the best movie of that whole DCEU. Um, but, but does she know, anymore? I'll get to my f- what. Does she still have that well, yeah, potential anymore? I would say Wonder Woman's the best. No, Wonder Woman. The first, is the well, best the first DCEU Wonder Woman's movie. the best DCEU movie besides Suicide Squad. That's a, I, I think so too. <laughs> but, so um, but uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm just I'm just very you know what I'll express myself in a couple minutes when we review this movie. That, that's all. I like I like one thing you said, Nez. You said I don't know if this is building up to something. I know we have a bunch of we have the multiverse being introduced with the Flash. Okay, so it's like we're looking at Wonder Woman. Like, are we is it building up to another Justice League movie? Are they are she going to team up with another uh, DCEU hero, or is she, are just going are they going to complete this trilogy and just be like, okay, Gal Gadot, you're done. Like, where is this going? And then we have like another Batman that's in it, like it's on an Earth two. According to this article, that's not even on the same. We already knew it wasn't going to be in the same universe as Ben Affleck's Batman or Michael Keaton's Batman. But uh, there's so much confusion going on. But I think the big thing about this news is the timing of it. Dude, this movie's getting absolutely eviscerated online. Destroyed. And they announced the sequel literally two days after this movie, like the second the sequel dropped. So, which is it's just shocking to me. They had... Like, when the movie first came out, like maybe a couple of days before Christmas, you had those early reviews. It seemed very divisive. It seemed like it was up in the air. And then Christmas Day dropped. You have millions of people who saw it. All of a sudden, you see it getting panned by everybody. Like it, it got absolutely demolished on Twitter. And at the same yeah. time, they announced sequel. It's just like, dude, it's like DC has these blind time, They're not looking at. They're not. They don't see anything but straight ahead. They're like, okay, Gal Gadot. Okay, we're getting a fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, Gal Gadot is awesome. Patty Jenkins is awesome. She got a Star Wars movie. Let's just keep going with the third one. Like, take a look around. Like, everyone agrees this movie sucked, and you are just pushing on. Like, look around. Maybe you don't make another Wonder Woman. Maybe you explore another character. You announce all these projects at DC Fandom. Focus on those. Focus on those. Do not make another Wonder Woman movie when no one liked the second one. It makes no sense. I know. What are you it's, doing? It's so funny. They're like, oh, Twitter. Wait, hold on. Twitter hates this movie? Let's fast track the third one. How do, where's the logic there? Where's it's not, the logic? It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's like, like, as I said, they have blinders. They don't see anything else that's going on. That's why Marvel's light years ahead of them. Okay. I'll jump in here. So, come on. Like, obviously, there's going to be a third one. Just, I think... To announce Astra. it, this just hold on, hold on. To announce it even on Sunday of opening weekend of of the movie is obnoxious and inexcusable, especially during a movie that isn't well liked. It's just inexcusable, terrible planning. Now, the DCEU. When it first started, you get Man of Steel, Henry Cavill. He looks like Superman. It played, it played decently. You get Ben Affleck playing Batman. Just the news of that, that's that's good. And you're getting an Aquaman movie. Like all this, these. That was divisive. In, you get Batman all these in the bad. works. It, but it still like wasn't necessarily bad. But then you get Suicide Squad, Batman versus Superman, all these crappy movies, and it's just obviously that was the low, right? But then you get Wonder Woman, right? That was like you felt like okay, maybe we can get back here. Maybe we could build something. We have a we have a cornerstone of our franchise, basically, is what they said, and they were riding so high on this because 
you have Snyder Cut, which is not even going to be a part of any of this coming out next year. So they kind of needed this to freaking carry them into their future and kind of distance themselves from a Snyder Cut that they're coming out with next year. So it just shows the dysfunction and how they're kind of in panic mode right now. So they just said, okay, we're going to double down on our cornerstone of our franchise with Wonder Woman and announce a third one. And that we're so confident in this, in this, in our cornerstone, we're going to fast track this movie. That's basically what I got from this announcement. You guys, you guys know how this ends, right? No. Five really? years from now, Disney buys DC. No, <laughs> that would never happen. Never. That would never. Happen. I don't know. Batman. Look at the, look Joker at, just made a billion dollars. DC has such, look at the flat out. Look at the flat out incompetence. Look at the. Flat that's that's out that's one universe though. Like, look at the individual projects They'll going on. Too. I know, but, but they, they could keep look trying, at his... and they keep trying. Like, they, they, yeah, Joker did good. I'll give you that. But Amazing. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, the devil works hard, but Disney works harder. It, that's that'll Five never. Five years happen. from now, Disney's just going to acquire they DC. Would look at and have that'll never crossover happen. Down the line. They would look at a crossover potentially. Like that would never happen. But like, all like right, all right. nobody, Batman, nobody like wants a... to play along with me. Here, no, though. I mean, no, nobody well, wants. Well, like, to, based to on, make, the, like, I will not. Disney? All right. No, no. Based on the history of the comics, though, it just wouldn't happen. Imagine like, Batman being in, in Disney. That that oh yeah that'd be tough. Remember Joker being Disney, Deadpool being uh, Disney. But, oh yeah. Now it well, is, was yeah. a fox. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm just like. And then we have you mentioned the Snyder cut in this article. They brought up no spinoff shows or movies for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Doesn't surprise anybody. But at the same time, we're seeing all these characters that are in the DCU current continuity. And they're going to be in this, but they're but this movie is not going to lead to any other projects. And so it's like you're getting Wonder Woman in this movie, literally in December. But you're going to see Gal Gadot playing the same character in the Snyderverse, like in the Snyder Cut, excuse me. It's and it means nothing. So it's you're just confusing everybody, and it's just they like they seem like they're kind of like operating on the fly. They don't have a like a concrete plan. They're just doing things. They're like, oh, the multiverse is going to like out allow us to cheat a little bit, and, but it's just going to confuse like the entire audience. So that's why I just give me Matt Reeves Batman and just cancel everything else. Uh, and my last point on this is that if we just do the comparison to the to the MCU, right? They did an origin movie and usually in sequels, maybe even a trilogy before they even did an Avengers, before they did Avengers Infinity War, definitely. But before they even did Avengers, they did an origin movies on each character almost, right? Mm-hmm. There's still not, there's not a Flash origin movie and they came out with Justice League. There wasn't an Aquaman origin story before they came out with Aquaman. There, was, there wasn't one for uh, Cyborg. It's just... It, it's just ridiculous. The, they are not patient. They're they're fast tracking this a third one before they even come out with uh, the Flash movie with uh, Andy Muschietti uh, directing. It's just like, what are you doing? Patience is a virtue. Take some time. Look at the MCU. They did twenty three movies over twelve years or thirteen. Yeah, twelve years. Take your time. Make sure it's good, and people will actually enjoy it. Not just go for the dollars and fast track everything. Trying to compete with MCU. Mm. Yeah, a lot of it's, lot of pressure riding on this uh, Flash movie. Hopefully, they don't choke. CC Ezra Miller. <laughs> oh, oh. Ew. wow! It's frustrating to watch this man. It's frustrating, and then like they want to dis- DC wants to distance itself. Warner Brothers wants to distance itself from Zack Snyder. Yet they allow this Snyder the Snyder cut to happen. It's just like yes, you're promote a HBO fan, Max, baby. Also- money, money, money. Streaming. Yes, I know, but at the same time. At the same time, you want to know what else this article said? It says DC hopes to release four movies in theaters per year, along with two movies on HBO Max exclusively. That's six DC movies a year. 
like, first of all, that's them just saying they're going to do it. Like, I doubt that they're going to be able to pull this off, judging by the mess that is DC. But it's just, to me, it's just banana lands that you would think that this is a good idea based on the track record of your movies. You're going to just shove, them, shove these movies down people's throats. Marvel announced all these projects, but the only thing is, it feels like there's not any divisiveness when this, these Marvel movies come out. Like, people universally like these Marvel projects. If you're shoving six DC movies down people's throats, half of them people won't like minimum just look at the track record you agree flex yeah i agree like and yeah i agree i think we've said a a lot of good points on this and unfortunately our frustration probably is only going to continue with our next segment which is our review yeah let's move on let's hit that review that does it for the checkup i'm gonna throw it back to nez for our review wonder woman 1984 All right, here we are, our marquee segment of the day, our Wonder Woman 1984 review. Uh, Just to tell you a little bit more about this, this movie is about Diana Prince, who lives quietly among mortals in a vibrant, sleek 1980s, an era of excess driven by the pursuit of having it all. Who wrote this? This is incredible. Uh, Though she's coming to her full power, she maintains a low profile by curating ancient artifacts only performing heroic acts incognito. But soon, Diana will have to muster all of her strength, wisdom, and courage as she finds herself squaring off against Maxwell Lord and the Cheetah, a villainess who possesses superhuman strength and agility. Uh, Right now, it currently holds a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes with 291 views. Reviews counted. Um, So I I guess we've already talked about this a little bit. Uh, how do you guys feel about the movie overall? Um, what are your, what did you like? What didn't you like? I mean, you know, well, we could start with you flicks. All right. So back when in the summer we did our most anticipated products for the rest of the year, this was in my top 10 for sure. But I, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's depressing almost to say how, much I dislike this Dude, movie. Dude, you sound like we got to put you on watch right now. It was <laughs> bad. Like this yeah, movie. You sound really upset. This movie was pretty awful in my estimation. I am shocked. I thought the first 20 minutes very corny and almost unnecessary, like with the girl scene in the Olympics slash American Ninja Warrior setting another origins type style intro which we didn't no, need. No, that was like the best that was like the best part of the movie. But we didn't need I it. I did like that first scene. A two and a half hour movie, we didn't need that. They didn't they didn't need a lot no, in this movie. It was it slow, was it was yes, long, that wasn't needed. So two and a half hours I think says a lot when there's not a lot of action scenes and all the action scenes are pretty slow motion. Literally, I felt like I was watching Six Million Dollar Man back in the 1970s. Jesus, the amount of slow motion scenes in this movie, ridiculous. More than the first one, tenfold. And then the next 40 minutes I thought were decent, not great, because it was setting up the characters, but still kind of even rushed through that because there was two villains mainly, and they still had to establish Chris Pine coming back into the frame, which they struggled with as well, and they only utilized him as the butt of 80s jokes and nostalgia, which I thought is one of the best actors of Hollywood uh, travesty to do and then the rest of the movie was just a train wreck it was all over the place plot holes everywhere for a superhero movie to say there's plot holes that's a problem and they just incorporated the storyline that was so confusing and they also it was slow confusing poor not well executed 
poor movie in my estimation. What do you guys think? I want to talk about Chris, Pro- Chris Pine for a sec. He is great. Like everything he does, I'm, I'm a huge fan. But like, I think the biggest, one of the biggest things that this, why the sequel failed is because it succumbed to sequel pressure. Like they felt like they had to have a story that brought back Chris Pine when he had like a pretty awesome death in the first one. Like him sacrificing himself, that was perfect. And then like we, then as a result, like everyone loves Chris Pine. How can we bring him back for the sequel? You end up having this um, dream stone, right? That Pedro Pascal's character ends up obtaining. And I think by having this dream stone, bringing back Chris Pine's character, it opened up all these potentials for plot holes. I think that Ricky Flicks is talking about. Mm-hmm. And I also want to talk about the mind, the dream stone itself. Dude, I'm not nitpicky about this stuff. I know there's a such thing as movie magic, but when it came to the use of the Dreamstone, I was so confused. Like yeah, I just I was, didn't yeah. understand what was happening. So you can just uh, this isn't a spoiler, but you can turn yourself because it happens the first in the first thirty minutes of the movie. But you could turn yourself into the Dreamstone. Like what the heck is that? And then like you're supposed to have it's supposed to operate similar to uh, a monkey's paw. Where it's like you're getting your wish, but then you have to sacrifice something. What is Pedro Pascal sacrificing? He's sacrificing his health, but he's still granting people's wishes. And then he's gaining powers from granting people's wishes at the end. Like the biggest no drawback thing, to it when there was originally. Yes, yeah. and then, and then like if you were writing a good movie, what he has to sacrifice is little dark, but it'd be his son, right? It would be what's most valuable to him. Yeah, like, just like Wonder Woman was losing her powers, he would lose what's most important to him, right? It's his son. So it's like they didn't connect that at all. And that and chemistry so, was terrible too. There was no humanization of yeah. Pedro Pascal's character. Like, first of all, if the villain is going to be that campy, that corny, humanize him a tiny bit, a tiny yeah. bit, just so we care about him at all. Yeah. And they didn't, they had like us feeling bad for him, like for maybe half a second right at the end when they were showing him looking for his son. But it's just like, what not. are we doing? It's just like, they were trying to force it on you. And it's just, the movie didn't make sense in a lot of scenes. And I, and it was, oh, I'll just let, I'll let Nez go. I'll let Nez go. I, I think this movie, honestly, I, I, I kind of disagree with you, Ricky Flicks, about the beginning. I thought the beginning scene was very cool. I thought it was cool action. You get a little backstory. Um, you know, it that's why there's into, a first origin movie. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I know. But like that's two and a half uh, hours. That was a cool scene. You're like, holy crap. She she like must be like the goat of the Amazonian woman because she was out here doing it when she was like nine years I old. I guess I'm more upset. I have to listen woman. to Robin Wright and her, her mother's accent that you don't yeah, even know where oh, they're the from. Accents, very inconsistent the accents. Were they were very terrible. Yeah, exactly. They were inconsistent. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go no, on. it's okay. Um, I thought it got off to a good start. And honestly, I think that they're like the best part of this movie were the action scenes. Uh, the thing that made me scratch my head is like, did they mean to make it so cheesy? Cause like it really felt, I know it's wonder woman 1984, but it really felt like a action movie from 1984. Like Superman with how corny, 1980. That's what it felt yeah, like. With how corny and slapstick that a lot of this stuff was. I really could. I did, the mall scene. Like it was cool. Like I was like, you know, I, I, it was, I was entertained. I was entertained by, it, but also like I was just like, I was like, wait, do they mean to make it like this silly? Because every guy had a muzzy. The bad guys in that silly. first scene, brutal, brutal. Yeah, it was and really had, everybody silly. had a muzzy, silly, thick one too. I feel like I feel like they got the plane off the ground, and it, and it, it was kind of starting to ascend, and then it just it just crashed. 
Like, I thought I mean, you were talking about the cheesy invisible plane scene. It's, oh my god! No, it slowly started to unravel. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, the, exactly. The invisible plane. Like she just mm-hmm. like unlocked the uh, the power of 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 invincibility and went in the past. So she disguises a whole plane when all she could do in the past is disguise a coffee mug. I'm just I'm just <laughs> not entirely sure. I, I, I'm just not. I I have no idea what 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 transpired there. I don't know what the thought process was. And then I'm sorry, I can't remember the because I'm so, I'm such I'm in such a tiz right now what is uh the the name of the woman that turned into herself into a cat barbara barbara minerva why did she do that like what like what you she got like, two wishes I, yeah it's like oh i have the power of wonder woman and I, she gets two wishes like why does she get two wishes it's like you know what i want to be i want to be a cat i want to i want to be a predator i want to be an apex predator yeah what you already have superhuman powers it's like it's like don't wish for more powers wish for something different but it's like I'm gonna change my powers and then lose. That was a terrible, terrible way it of turning came, her into the main villain for Wonder Woman is Cheetah. It, that was terrible. It came out of absolutely nowhere. It came out of absolutely nowhere. Okay. I, I, I just, I, I was really perplexed by a lot of the things that happened in this movie. Um, if you like common sense, then you will not like this movie because this movie does not have any of that. It just doesn't make sense um yeah it's, and it's so, tough because because yeah. they, they had such a good origin movie and right. honestly i think gal gadot has really like she, she's gotten really good at playing the character i mean she's she's been what five movies now four movies as wonder woman oh okay four. Four. This is another thing this is another thing four four movies four. Mm-hmm. and i think she's really coming into herself and, and being and doing well with the character but my she my is wonder woman like, now Wait, Bat- Batman knew nothing about this when he had he- when he did all his top secret worlds. That's what I was thinking. Search. So Batman, yeah, like, so Batman, like the world around, almost right? ended in 1984, and and you know Batman and and Wonder Woman saved the world, and Batman has no idea about oh, it. Right, this right. film doesn't connect to the DCEU, and it's supposed to. They had so much You're time right. to learn, and they made they made mistakes, and they still could have learned from their own mistakes, but also from how well Marvel did it, and they just still don't do it. This this franchise will never learn. It's over. It's over for the DCEU. I'm <laughs> done. Over. I'm done. Done. Wow. Nothing connects. Just Nothing end that connects. world. Just end it. Start with the Batman. Just go with that. That's yeah. it. But uh, I think also Patty Jenkins – when, I feel like when they were editing this and they were making this movie in general, they were saying, like, let's make a feel-good movie rather than an actual good movie. That's, like, a lot yes, of use in my she blog. said that. So yes. it's like, let's just like make that. it, like, so uplifting and everything and make sure people feel great at the end of 2020 rather than they watch it and say, like, wow, I just saw a great superhero movie. They just wanted them to feel good about it afterwards. But it kind of didn't work because, first of all, the movie was boring as heck. Like, it dragged on two and a half hours. Not as many action scenes as you would hope for for Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Man, and like, I just, it dragged very hard. So and I'm just, it just blew my mind. Go ahead, Flex. And she wrote the movie too. And in that announcement on Sunday, they made sure to say that she's not writing the third one. I, f- I feel like they also had those scenes where they're like, because the theme of the movie is kind of like selflessness. And it's like, it's like yes. sacrificing what you want for the betterment. And Sacrifice greed. I feel like every time they started to talk about it, it would be like a five-minute conversation. I'm like, you're hammering over our heads. Like, we get yeah. it. 
Let's move on. Ugh. But you don't need to keep telling us. It's, and like, go, and then that last scene with Steve Trevor, I thought did not do service, like good enough service for his character. My Lord. So, so Probably... meant so much that you brought him back for the sequel. You left him on the edge of the sidewalk. And then she just ran away and said, I rescind my wish. Like, we should have, we, a good top building, like worst goodbyes in movie TV history. Cause that is now up there. That, such core aspect, probably the second, like obviously Wonder Woman's the first, but Chris Pine being the second like prominent figure in this franchise and just sending him off in the middle of a street where you can barely hear because there's people yelling all the time from all the corrupt uh, commotion. And then her just running away. It felt like, like, oh, wait, is this actually the last time they're going to see each other? I don't know. And then she says, I rescind my wish while running. The comedy. She dropped that boy like a bad habit. It was like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. I... I was just, my mind was blown. I was like, oh, oh crap. Like, that is going to be the last time we see Chris Pine. I just, it was just pointless to have him in this movie. I felt like to go back with the actual climate of the 1980s and my original point of Chris Pine feeling that they did him, they did him dirty by just having him be like the butt of 80s jokes and nostalgia is that comedic device. Right. And you both mentioned how cheesy it was. I just think they focused way too much on the MTV aspects of the 80s, the stuff that makes it enticing for us viewers in, in a trailer with like the new order, the music and the fashion. I'm so and, done with that. I'm so done with Hollywood abusing 1980s. Right. It's so been beaten to death. This, this, I think, put it to death. And what yeah. I'm trying to say is that they focused on that rather than trying to establish like the environment of the 80s. Like when he when Max Lord, uh, Pedro Pascal's character, meets the Reagan, the president, like they didn't establish the geopolitical envir- environment of the 80s. I totally forgot about the Cold War until that moment. The Russians are launching. And then, out of the, and then <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. And then during that scene, when he gets control, he's like, what is that on the board over there? Oh, that's a broadcast that goes to the whole world? <laughs> you don't say. I want that. That's extremely confidential <laughs> like, information that is on a trifold in, in the office <laughs> that we invited <laughs> a random guy. The way that Pedro Pascal just like got all the information he wanted from everybody. That wasn't his power. And he's like, like he was just wish it to me. He, he looked like a crack addict. Give it to me. I'll be like, I don't need to tell you my wish. Like, like you're a psychopath. Just say no. Unless yeah. like, he, he can't make any more wishes. Like, just say no. Like, it makes zero sense. So just Definitely. And it, and, I wanted to also say, like, the 80s aspect, you want to lean into that more? You want to make an uplifting movie? Where are the 80s bangers? Where's the yeah. music? Yes. There was no music here. <laughs> I they, hate- had such, they, had the, they had the New Order song, the Blue Monday song, in the trailer, and I was hyped. I'm like, oh, let's get some, like, like the movie. parts of the galaxy I hate movies that do here. that now. Nothing. Nothing. The worst is when movies use a, a great song in the trailer but don't use it in the movie. Like no hype around that. That sucks. Yeah. And they should have focused on the geo, like the as an example, the geopolitical environment, or just the overall '80s, rather than the parachute pants and fanny packs. Like that was just such Talking a like, through down. an '80s museum. Yeah, like the Smithsonian, which had non '80s stuff in it as well. Like obviously, so just that was a pain, a big, big no no on my part. Why are people? I don't. Why is everybody obsessed with the eighties now? I mean, I get it. Really, really interesting time. But like, do the seventies? Do the six? The sixties? Come on, can't do the sixties. Yeah, I'll go down the sixties. That'd be cool. One woman. You could do the early two thousands now too. Like, uh, it's just well, maybe like, that's where oh, they go next. What decade do they go in the third shit. one, or do they go up in time to present day? Yeah, it's like yeah, maybe like they'll destroy half the world and <laughs> the next Wonder Woman, and it will just not connect, and like nobody will acknowledge it in the future movies. But I, about right, and but like. It's, it's also, I, I just, go ahead. <laughs> well, 
I think that they use the 80s just because they're trying to get this tonal difference, like what Marvel's done with Iron Man and the Guardians of the Galaxy, like you could in the superhero movies. Like DC's known as like the Batman's, like this is so serious. Zack Snyder, serious mm-hmm. all the time. Aquaman, you saw they try to make it like a more uplifting, happy movie when he's like in the bar with those random fans that saw him on social media. Or with this one with the 80s, they're just trying to make it more uplifting and happy, I guess, easier to watch on the eyes, right? It just failed. It just failed. It just was cheesy and corny. Very corny. And then uh, I just wanted to say one thing I enjoyed about the movie, or at least one thing I'm not going to criticize it for. I don't think the acting was that bad. I don't think it was. I think the writing necessarily wasn't great for the characters. Uh, I thought Pedro Pascal was fine. Uh, he was campy. I think he was supposed to be. Uh, I'm not. I don't think it was. Agreed. I, I think it was not his fault that people are kind of like dismissing his character. Because I feel like it's pretty divisive online. Either you didn't like it or you did. Uh, Gal Gadot is synonymous with Wonder Woman. She's like what uh, Chris uh, Christopher Reeves was to Superman. Like I can't see another person playing Wonder Woman for a long time. It's just. And I think the script, mm-hmm. actually, the writing in that aspect, I think they shield Gal Gadot a lot. Like they they make her look good when she we all know she's not a world class actress. So it's like limiting like the, those long discussions that she's she's having. A lot of times she's listening and she throws out those one word uh, lessons, one one line lessons. Yeah. But uh, she's also I gotta say, just in terms of making this movie watchable, she is literally the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Like she she's is beautiful. so stunning on screen. Like you're watching the down. screen. No matter how like, bad the movie is, you're watching the screen. Like she is, like she's up there. Like Margot Robbie, Wolf of Wall Street, Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, 1984. Like just yeah. absolutely stunning women on screen. So yeah, I just I had to give it props for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, she's not necessarily like a great actress, but she's a movie star. I I use this analogy a lot. Vinny Chase, movie star. You guaranteed a movie star based on looks and just being able to see him on the screen but not necessarily a great actor, and he wants to be that, right? Gal Gadot's trying to make that next step. Let's see, like, she has Cleopatra coming up with Patty Jenkins. That will be interesting to see. (laughs) Right. So that's going to be very interesting to see. But someone that I thought actually did well was Kristen Wiig. I thought she was great. I I won't say great. I thought she was good. I Like, Anchorman 2 vibes were coming out in the beginning when she was, like, the nerd dropping the papers. I was like, oh, here we go. And she was mumbling her words a bit. I was like, oh, Anchorman 2. This is actually... Kind of she wore male underwear. This is her shtick, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> this is her shtick. But then I thought she wasn't terrible Like at when she went bad. I didn't think she was that bad. I think that was a good surprise out of this movie. It's something that I liked. And another aspect with her is that when she did become that apex predator, that scene, even though way too dark, that action scene with her like beating, like beating down on Wonder Woman a little bit, that was cool to see how fast and like powerful she was. That yeah. was a good action scene. I just wish I could see it better because it was so dark in the shot. That was cool. It just made no sense why she chose to do that. Right. Yeah. Wish. Or that she got a second a wish. Half jaguar, half human. What? Like, what? Where, where, like, <laughs> or cheetah, whatever. It just, I just, it confused me. And you're right. I actually think as an, as, as uh, an actress or actor, um, I think the performance was good, but it's not her fault that they just threw a wrench in the plot line. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Pedro Pascal. I mean, I think he, I think he did well in this movie. Um, it's, I don't think it's his fault that, they just could not pull it off. Like, you know, like he, he put a lot into this role. He tried very hard mm-hmm. and um, 
you know, it's the story that really kind of fell at the end. It's that, that you know, the, the, the visual effects were cool. Like that's why I love that beginning scene so much because it's so like the, the effects are so cool and they're taking you on this adventure and it feels like, you know, an action movie or a family movie that you watch as a kid. And you're like, I want to run on this adventure. And then, but the, the story just completely falls apart. And that's the, that's the, the beginning and the end of this movie uh, that, you know, and that's where most movies are, you know, uh, they, they start and end with how good of a story you can put together. Um, this is just a bunch of action scenes, you know, some really cool visual effects and great costume design, but mm-hmm. with no substance. Tough no concept substance. to work around. Just so yeah, hard with a dream stone, like so tough. Yeah. yeah. And like they had so many things they could have done like to easily cheat using it and they just failed and they just mm-hmm. broke they they didn't have any boundaries for using it and make going it back simpler first points just like yeah just make easier it easier to comprehend and then like last thing i just want to say is like the action sequence i was impressed with her using the lasso like grabbing the bullet with the lasso i thought was kind of creative and mm-hmm. the way she used it and she was wielding it around i thought yeah. that i thought that was kind of sick i didn't like why she used it at the end to like try and talk to everybody oh, i hated God. that aspect uh but I uh i thought that was it. kind of that- yeah, it's like, oh, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was like, oh, you got us, you got us. <laughs> but no, but then another thing about like trailers influencing the movie is that when I think the best part in the show, or in my eyes, was when she was riding the lightning with the lasso in the movie. They didn't focus on that. They kind of like shot her back while like flying through the sky with the lasso on the lightning, and that was the sick. music that was, was sick. No, it wasn't the music was so she off. Swung at it? Yeah, the music was off. It was so yes, off. And they didn't focus on her, the cool. intensity of it. Terrible, terrible directing on that part, I think. I think that was horrendous. It just shows like it didn't there's they didn't focus on the action scenes and what we wanted to see. They thought we wanted to see the nostalgia, sure, but way too much, way too cheesy. Focus on the actual characters and the story going forward. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess before we continue, give me one thing that you did like about this movie. Let's go around the table. Kristen Wiig. I liked her. And Gal Gadot was I, adequate. As in beautiful, she is Wonder Woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I thought the, like, the cast was fine. I think they, like, they, they, dealt, were, they were dealt a hard script, and I thought they did the best they could with it. And I think Gal Gadot, like, I, I would definitely see the third one as much as I didn't like this one. Just yeah. because I enjoy watching her on screen. For sure. Yeah, uh, and like I said before, I'll say costume design. I thought Gal Gadot and her gold was pretty cool. Um, like at least it looked aesthetically cool. I don't, I didn't really understand where it came from, but um, it looked cool. Uh, I thought Cheetah looked very cool. You know, I just thought the costume and like the whole '80s aesthetic that they created without music, only with costumes, was good. You mentioned all the guys with mustaches in the mall, <laughs> in 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 the in the second scene there. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Muzzies everywhere. That's the '80s vibe. That's the old school way. <laughs> with fanny packs. But yeah, I'm interested to see what they do with the third one because, like, the first Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins didn't write it. That was um, Alan Heinberg and the story Zack Snyder. That was still under his overall vision for the DCEU. He produced this one, and he yeah right. But story was not him, and mm-hmm. it was Patty Jenkins helmet at the helm of this thing. I put almost all the blame on her to be honest if i had to put someone on put it on one thing just a lot of disconnecting even with the shield as an example or the armor no point with that because she got her powers back at the time that just was just for nostalgia to the wonder woman's story and the comic book character no point to that great yeah let's throw out some scores what do we got 
30. 30. 35. 36. 36. The only... Brutal. I was going to... Worst movie we've reviewed. Yeah. Which is crazy because we've only really done average to good, great movies. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the performances, I think, save it. Like, as in, they weren't... No, no, no great performances, but I think they did the best they could, like you said, Dr. O. And I thought that these before the actual villains came into the fold, I thought the movie did a decent job trying to put together something before the Dreamstone really came into effect. So I'm not going to like tear it down like I would with a couple other DCU movies that we'll talk about later on in the next segment. But a 30, I think, is appropriate for me personally. All right, last question. You're going to be imprisoned for the rest of your life. You can only watch one movie, uh, one of two movies. Uh, Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman 1984. Which one are you picking? I don't want. I don't want to say it just because of the top billing. True, true, true. I was. I ba- you almost got sake. me. You almost got me. I don't want to say it for top billing's sake. All right, fine. I'm going with Suicide Squad. I'll tell you that right now. Ooh. All right. All right. Well, um, I think it's time. To move on, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna send it over to Ricky Flicks here for our top billing of the week. Rick, thank you, Ness. All right, I think you boys see the screen with your names on it on the wheel. Top billing time, inspired by Na- Wonder Woman 1984. What we just talked about, and unfortunately, how disappointing and, to be frank, bad it was. Our top billing today is worst superhero movies. We have a snake draft. And it's a little different, though, because we will have categories that each of us must fulfill. You must select a movie under each of these five categories. One DCEU movie, so there's 10 options there. One MCU movie, so there's 23 options. A superhero movie before 2008, so before the new superhero era. A movie over 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then miscellaneous, just your personal that you haven't picked. That Something that could be anything, really. So there might be a little overlap here, but no one can repeat picks, okay? Because you might have a movie over 60% of Rotten Tomatoes that you pick in the DCEU category, for example. But you also have to pick over a 60% of Rotten Tomatoes, just as an example there. So, okay. so can we just reiterate that one more time just to make it very clear? So we're doing a top billing, top five of worst superhero movies. One has to be from the DCEU. One has to have a Rotten Tomato score of a, over 60 Um one has to be before 2008, and one has to be MCU, and then we have one more slot that's completely open. Yes. All right, let's do it. Let's get the uh, percentages here, or the uh, the. Let's see. Give me that first overall. This. All right, for the first pick, it will be Doctor O. Oh, finally! Doctor O. Who's complaining? Last complaining week last week. I know, deservedly so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second pick will go to. Oh. It... Landing on Dr. O again. Apparently Give me one Dr. more o. second here. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, my God. It's addicted what to Dr. O up? today. Yeah. Three Dr. O picks in a row. Spin don't lie. Spin don't lie. All right. The second pick goes to me. Nez gets the third oh, pick. No. Unfortunate. Okay. Dr. O, lead us off. You can start anywhere, and we don't have to follow suit. Just start us off. Okay. I'm looking at my list right now. I'm going to go. My first overall pick is going to be pre-2008. 
first overall pick on pre-2008, I'm going with Batman and Robin. Worst superhero of all time, Batman and Robin. So I thought this one, uh, you, this one is a very strategic draft. Ricky Foots made all the categories. You got the first overall pick. You got to pick the best available, in this case, the worst available. Therefore, I am taking the worst hands down, no matter what category, Batman and Robin. Right? We're talking Batman credit cards. We're talking bat nipples. Okay, we're talking cheesy, cheesy lines from Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Okay, we're talking George Clooney being the worst on-screen Batman that this world has ever seen. That includes true, right? That includes Adam West. No offense, Adam West. I know you were campy, but you weren't good. Right. So I thought that was a hands-down easy pick. Batman and Robin, number one. Good pick. That's a definitely up there for worst superhero movie of all time. I think it's a good pick. I think uh, I don't know if it would have gotten back to you, so I think that's a really good pick. Thanks, Flex. But I'm I'm up next. Looking at the MCU, not a lot of terrible movies, but there's one I'm looking at that I think it's terrible, and that's Thor: The Dark World. I think that's a god awful movie. I think that villain is arguably one of the worst villains in superhero history. I can't even remember the name of it. Terrible. Ter- weird storyline, too, with the side characters, Natalie Portman's friend and that random intern. Just weird movie in itself. Thor The Dark World is my MCU pick, to be clarified. Because it somehow is over 60% of Rotten Tomatoes. That's right, as of right now, my MCU can pick. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, that's wait, your MCU you pick, but yes. not your over Do we have to say it at the time? No, we can change it around. Like, if, like, you say, like, if I like pick another MCU one, but it's not over M- 60%. Change positions. Yes. Like yeah. Point. I think that'll be interesting for strategy okay. perspectives. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if it even happens. It's a, it's a shallow category. So I think it's a good spot to go with number two. If I had number two, I think that was the pick. Mm-hmm. Right. And MCU, yeah. it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to pick one that really sucked. Right. But you picked the one that really sucked. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Congratulations. Um, for me, in my second round pick, I think I'm just going to go with the original Thor because I'm going to run out of MCU movies because I don't like that movie either. I think all the I think the first two Thors are so boring. The dialogue's boring. It's not fun. Um, Taika Waititi saved the franchise with Ragnarok and really changed Thor's direction. But the first two Thors are just very boring. Like I'll never rewatch them ever again. Wow. I, can't, I can't get through them. I can't get through them. Wow. I can't. Hmm. It's just not. They're just not fun movies to me. They're just. They're just not. I don't. I don't enjoy them. They don't give me the kick that any of the other MCU movies did. So I'm sorry if I uh, if I saw anybody else's, but uh, that's my that's my second round pick. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. My, yeah. Well, you like that movie? I to to say it's second worst MCU. If we're like putting in perspective, I'm sure. Missing something. I don't know. I, I do. I, MCU. I don't they're hate all... the pick. I had it on my board. I did not. I do. I'm not a Thor fan. Yeah, I don't like I, that. It's not. Like, it's not like definitely lower tier MCU. I agree with. It's a corny movie, and it's just Chris mm-hmm. Hemsworth is pretty brutal in it. Yeah, I think yes, if I'm ranking agree. my MCU movies, the last two, the last would be Thor: Dark World, and then the second Thor. last would be Thor. So it's kind uh, of so that's it. I guess what kind of gets me is that like it's similar to Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Chris Hemsworth, even in that movie, kind of he looked the part. And the action scenes I thought were really good for the most part. Like when they were on um, y- Ogenheim, Odenheim, I thought that was mm-hmm. a sick Odenheim. scene. And he was phenomenal in that scene, in that action mm-hmm. sequence. That's why I think that just gets me. Similar to one of Gal Gadot, 
Chris Hemsworth is Thor, and he even established that after not so great first yeah. movie. But yeah. all right, I understand the pick. Yeah. Uh, moving you. on to my next pick, I will be going to my uh, pick that is um, above 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it is just above 60% on Rotten Tomatoes because it is at 63%. And we are talking about Spider-Man 3, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. That movie sucks. Tobey Maguire dancing in the jazz bar like a complete idiot, cheating on Mary Jane, being a weirdo. I don't get this movie. I don't understand. I go back. This, you know what? This, this movie, this, this is one of the most memeable movies of all time. One of, I follow a, an account on Instagram. I think it's called Lil Father Figure or something. He does a lot of really, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Memes. And he is constantly memeing the, uh, Tobey Maguire as Spider Man. Um, and especially him dancing through that little jazz club. Being, Fantastic. Being Brutal. Incredibly <laughs> weird. I felt so bad for Tobey Maguire because you know he did not want to do that. Money, money, money. Soundbite right there of, get away from the door. I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> there are cars there. <laughs> um, so time, that but... is my pick for the above 60% on Rotten Tomatoes worst superhero movie. I like it. I, I hate Topher Grace in that movie. The only thing I do like about it, I like Spider-Man. I like his look in the black. I think that looks kind of sick. Yes, he does look sick in that suit. Like him, like that. I think there's like that gif of him, like like uh, like gripping a fist with him in the black, mm-hmm. and he's like hanging off the wall. And it's also a sick poster, the movie poster, where it's like you have like the regular Spider Man and Black Spider Man like back to back. Cool poster, brutal movie though. And I, dude, when he when dude when Kirsten Don started making out with James Franco in the middle oh. of the movie, I was like, what is, what's going on? What yeah. are we doing? I, James I, Franco, oh, tough one for him there. That he didn't do well there. And Topher Grace, I think, is really good. Like, as an actor, like, seeing Black Klansman, I thought he was phenomenal in that. But that movie, oof, it was terrible. But good pick, Nez. Good pick. All right. It comes back to me. This is my number one in the DCEU for worst movie, Suicide Squad 2016. Yeah, yeah. This movie was all over the place. Before the movie, you see Viola Davis, Will Smith, Margot Robbie. You're thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. I had such high hopes. I remember Dr. O, me, and a couple other of our buddies, we bought tickets beforehand. It was right at the beginning of the reserving seat era mm-hmm. of the movie theaters, and we could only get first row because it was such highly anticipated. And everyone oh – God. It was insane. And mm-hmm. the, the all, all-time terrible villain, all-time terrible villain – and again, all over the place, just terrible writing. And so I, I don't know if there's much more to say. Just terrible movie, Suicide Squad. That's a that's god awful. Like I like I like the, the soundtrack actually good, and like the way they portrayed the Joker just made me hate that movie oh, so much. Didn't even mention and it. the fact that he was barely in it. And that the the hype to that movie. Remember that first trailer with Bohemian Rhapsody playing? That's arguably top ten, top five best trailers I've ever seen. Disrespect to that. Excited I've been for a movie, and then seeing that abomination in theater, I was pretty pissed off. Mm. Pretty pissed. All right, that 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 was one of the great that that was a great trailer that um, really hyped that movie up, and and it was so underwhelming when I saw it. I was so disappointed. Another top billing, great trailers that amount to nothing. Like movies suck. Ready play you could put Ready Player One in there. Ooh, it, not, it didn't I, amount to nothing, but right. it, I remember seeing that trailer being like, This is gonna be the best movie of Spielberg. Oh. 
And then uh, it wasn't it wasn't as good as I expected, but it was still good. Yeah. All right, Doctor O, two picks here for you. <laughs> okay. I think I'm gonna take my MCU movie because I'm afraid someone someone's gonna take it in there over sixty percent. I think Nez still has, wait Nez still has to go over sixty percent. No, I, I no, do MCU I do sixty percent. I go Ricky, over sixty. Oh, uh, even more, I gotta take this. I'm gonna take MCU. Tough pick here. Not a lot of bad ones. I'm gonna go Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Wow. I, I, I'm not a Captain Marvel fan. Was not gonna go with that um, one, but I good think pick. That, that is a that is a forced agenda on us. And then I feel like it had a certified fresh rating even before it hit theaters. Like people were mm. just waiting to praise this movie. It had Brie Larson in it. I don't like Brie Larson in it. I don't like how they treated Samuel L. Jackson in this movie. I didn't find right. Uh, What's her name? Annette Benning. I didn't like her villain. I just. Uh, I just didn't like it. I especially didn't like the force agenda aspect. So I'm going Captain Marvel as my MCU movie. Oh, it's that's a fantastic right. pick. Fantastic pick. My second on my big board for uh, Ron Smith was over 60%. That movie with Brie Larson, Oscar winning actress, I thought could have done so much more, especially as like an insane, insanely powerful Avenger. I think that's a fantastic pick. Thank you, Ricky Flex. Going on here. Yep, back to you. Know, powerful Brie Larson. So I have got Pilgrim vs. the World. I got a pre two thousand eight. True. Pre, I got a pre two thousand eight. I have an MCU. So I'm looking at miscellaneous here. Sorry, I just got a long list here. Long list, boys. Everyone, big, oh, big board, big board. I mean, I went to take Catwoman oh, for huh. miscellaneous. Not. Oh my god. Oh. Catwoman with Halle Berry. That movie, I watched it when I was younger. I, tr- I actually, tr- it was on TV. I think it was on AMC. And I tried to turn it on again. It was the basketball scene. And it was, I made me throw up. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to throw up. You see and that like, clip out in the midst on Twitter dude, sometimes. And like in this age of like feminism and stuff, like I don't even know if people would be okay with that, with what she was wearing there for that costume. Like that was, that was bold. I feel like I was watching a porno. Like it's like Halle Berry is certified fresh in my eyes. Yeah, she she certainly (laughs) is. But uh, I think Catwoman. That's it. That I think that that could have been in the running for number one. That movie's so bad. I'm going through my miscellaneous pick. I'm going Catwoman. No, good miscellaneous pick. Yeah, that's That's really good good. movie. By the way, if anybody picks Daredevil as their worst uh, comic book or superhero movie, I'm quitting. I'm quitting the podcast and not associating with either of you. Okay, just, let, let me say something. I think that movie is underrated. I, I think Brian right, Flick's pretty good. Ricky Flick, you said that Rick, Ricky Flick said that last episode. I think didn't you? I think I, I don't said, think so. But you, we said it I before. Said it, I think yeah, I think I said it like pre epi. I'm certainly not going to say it's good. I think it's I'm watchable think it's the worst, though. though. It's watchable. Yeah, I mean, Garner, think, electric, talk about another bad, like another bad scene when when he does like the dance fight, not dance fight, but like when they're in the playground fighting. That's an embarrassing scene. Yeah, that's that's the basketball scene. That I is mean, embarrassingly yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. I won't call it a good movie, but it's. But uh, I, I turn it on for a fight scene. I, I like Affleck in it. Yeah, Colin Farrell, Affleck, Affleck. <laughs> but all right, it goes back to me for my third pick. Now I'm gonna get. I'm going to do Rotten Tomatoes over 60%. Worst movie. I don't know if I want to say that. Maybe the worst movie I've seen this year. And that's Birds of Prey. I hated this movie. (laughs) It has a a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. And to say how bad this movie was, it was performing so poorly at the box office, they had to change 
the name of the movie. Like, I think that just says Jeez. it all. It's a fact. Yeah. And I, I, I'm still shocked. It has a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's battling with Captain Marvel, which has a 79%. Like, I think this movie, like, Captain Marvel is second on my my list, and that's in that uh that category. But I think this movie is just god awful. This the remember the hyena as the dog. I think that just that just ends my like that'll be the last mm-hmm. thing I say about this movie. Do you remember the hyena as the dog? That's Terrible hilarious. CGI. Like, what is that? What are we doing here? We're named after Bruce Wayne, right? It was named yeah. after Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I mean, and the, big, the best part. Did you like the best part of that movie? People are saying it's like literally the breakfast sandwich. I was about to say, <laughs> like an inanimate they object. focused like twenty minutes on a breakfast sandwich that looked terrible. It didn't even look good. Yeah, make it look decent. Sorry to my boy, you and McGregor. Oof. The only decent, decent spot in that movie, but he was still cringy at times, like in the club. Oh, terrible. Nez, off to you. Third pick. Hmm. I'm going to go with my DCEU movie here. I don't know which one I want to pick because there's two pretty bad ones. Oh, man. Like, I don't know. Do I go with... Uh, I don't I don't want to tease anybody else's pick. I'm going to go with another one. All right, I'm just going to continue the the um, what we had with Suicide Squad. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> I, I mean... I mean, that movie was so hyped. I was so excited. And I was sitting there. I bought IMAX 3D tickets, which I don't buy 3D tickets for premieres anymore because I like to watch. I don't like to watch 3D movies anymore. I don't know. It just doesn't do it for me. But I did at the time. I was so excited about it. And I was walking out of that movie just like, Martha? What the (laughs) hell? That's, that's what did it you're literally fighting each other to the death and save martha is what did it but here's what one positive i took out of that movie as a lifelong batman fan all right let me just take another pause actually because there is an internal civil war that goes on in my family and it's batman versus superman that is the that is literally like there's a the side, character fight there, there's a side that says Batman would win in a fight there's a side that says superman would win in a fight i'm team batman and this movie solved that because Batman kicks Superman's ass True. with advanced technology. But theoretically, probably Superman would win because he has laser eyes. I mean, whatever. Anyways. Um, but I was that was the only good thing that I walked out of that movie from. I was like, ah, oh, it looks like Batman could kick Superman's ass. It's been proven. But other than that, like, they just tried to fit, like, a bunch of origin. It was like the you know beginning of the Justice League while also it being like Batman versus Superman while also doing like two origin stories at once. I, I mean, it, it just, it, it was, they tried to squeeze so much into a movie um, and they thought that they can get away with cool, you know, cool, cool effects and just having Batman, just having Superman and it, and it, and it would be a cop out for, you know, uh, Lex Luthor's snot hanging out at the end. Like, no, nothing's going to like make me more uncomfortable than that. And not in a way that like in, in a good movie, it just made me uncomfortable. Like, why, why am I looking at this right now? That movie sucked. Yeah. I don't care. I, I know that there's, can. I know that there's Zack Snyder fans out there that are obsessed with it. That movie sucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Ultimate edition's better, but still the bad part about it, it's super long and it does still try mm. and fit everything in. And it was trying to jumpstart an entire universe of movies within one movie yeah. and uh and like people i i don't mind ben affleck in the role but he kind of like that was in my mind i thought that was gonna be a sequel to the man of steel and then it ended up being more of a batman movie i think people were like 
off on that. And then people also didn't like the idea of Affleck playing him in the first place, but he ended up being one of the only good parts about it. Yes, so, exactly. And then the exactly. fight scenes were kind of cool. I, I like the Batman I agree. versus Superman actual fight scene was cool. Lex Luthor kind of sucked though. He was mm-hmm. brutal. Yeah, Jamie, I like yeah. Lex Luthor's, you picture him like in the cartoons as big and buff and not necessarily as corny and wacky, right? More of a businessman, non uh, Silicon Valley ish, right? Dude, but he looked like he, I hear was, that he, the he cried in like multiple cool. scenes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. He, yeah. That's a good pick. Good pick. I, yeah, I can't really fault you, even though I personally, like, I'll, I'll still watch it for the action scenes, but yeah, not a great movie. Your fourth, though. My fourth. Okay, so what am I missing? I'm missing pre-2008. I think I'm going to save that one. I don't think anybody's taking my, my choice for this one. Um. Oh, man, this is a toss-up. Wide open. I do miscellaneous. For, for my miscellaneous. Hmm. I gotta go with Ryan Reynolds and Green Lantern, right? Like oh. I, that movie is just atrocious. Fourth rounder. That That's a great sucks. pick. That movie sucks. That movie sucks so bad that Ryan went, Reynolds went back in another movie completely unrelated and killed a fictional version of himself that was excited about the script. <laughs> like that's how mm-hmm. bad that that movie is. It's unwatchable. It's unrewatchable. It's comically bad, and um, it's one of the worst. Movies. CGI is god awful. Yeah, it's just, it's just the villain painful. in that is god awful painful as well. To watch. I bet you, you know, in in terrorist prison or something, they just make they make and when they interrogate the terrorists, they just make them watch Green Lantern on repeat. That's what I would do. <laughs> Blake Lively looks great in that, though. I will say, another great actors, like good looking actors. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she looked great. The show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not the best one. performance, but still. I'm just thinking right now. Wow. That guy's head was so big. All right. Yeah, he basically he was like the what's it called? You ever seen Sky High where it's like the teacher, the professor yes. with like the massive brain? That's what the you're superhero about. movie could be on could be on the list. Oh yeah. Teaser. 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 You put Sky High on your worst movies list. No, I just I didn't. <laughs> it's that bad I didn't even think of it. But I'm gonna go. What do you need? I need miscellaneous and pre two thousand eight. Thank God. I think I might, Dr. O, you took, oh, Dr. O, you took pre-2008 miscellaneous. So I'm actually going to save my pre-2008 and go with my miscellaneous. There's some good ones on the board here. But my least favorite out of all of these, unfortunately, is Fantastic Four with Josh Trank. Mm-hmm. 2015. Mm-hmm. I know the first one, uh, the original with like what was it i forget when it was but early 2000s might be on someone's list coming up but i personally don't i actually like that movie i know it's kind of crazy to say but i like that movie and then the second one i think is watchable um i think just maybe with chris evans and jessica alba just commanding the screen and they actually like seem to do well in their roles but in this one everybody was awful there's michael b jordan awful in this movie i love him but awful miles taylor awful just there's no excuse to even Anyone that even supports this movie, which I don't know a single soul that does, there's no excuse for it. Terrible. It's just everything about this movie is terrible. He tried to he tried to add that like horror element to it, and it didn't really work. And then also the Fantastic Four, they were like 18 years old. 
Mm. Like they're just so young. It's just like it, it. It wasn't believable, especially when you had like the older Fantastic Four, like the first the two movies that were in the mid two thousands that didn't do well. They did commercially well, but that's just like what was ingrained in our brains. And then we got that version, which is kind of have tried to be a little darker. Failed. Not good. Yeah, Josh Trank. Like I think that says it all. Look at Capone. Poopy. Right. Yeah, literally, pun intended. All right, Doctor O goes to your last two picks. Okay. So I got to go DCEU and then over 60. I think I'm just going to double dip into the DCEU. You guys took Suicide Squad. That's the one I had immediately on my list. Uh, Birds of Prey also immediately on my list. I'm going to take for my DCEU pick, Justice League theatrical version. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's what I was going in between that or Batman versus Superman. Yeah. It's, it's that, like that Justice was, League. Yeah. I enjoyed Batman versus Superman more than the Justice League movie. And the Same Justice League... The Justice League movie, it lit, first of all, yeah, the Batman versus Superman, they set a tone for Batman and Superman and that whole universe. And we, we go to Justice League and you basically have two different tones because you're mix, mixing in Zack Snyder and then at the back end, you're going Joss Whedon. And then the way they portrayed Batman in that movie, I will never forgive. Where you had Ben Affleck staring at Superman, basically going goo goo gaga for him, basically like say, like having his eyes and like mm. mouth wide open as he watches Superman do these incredible things, watching them become the best of friends when that's not how it is. Like they're supposed to be against each other a little bit. And then I just like, they didn't portray Batman the best in the best way. In my opinion, there's a bunch of other problems too. The villain sucked. Steppenwolf. What are you doing? Yeah. Having a justice league movie and you're Steppenwolf as the villain. How many people knew who this villain was? Like, how he looked terrible. He looked terrible like, as well. Flicks, Flicks, you followed the comics semi closely, right? So, do you I even know no who Stephen Wolf was? No. no. Like, that was a joke. And the CGI, pitiful. Like, that movie was the biggest disappointment, arguably, like, alongside Batman vs. Superman, maybe in superhero history. Like, you had an Avengers movie, you had two. You had Avengers uh, oh, one, obviously, then you had Age of Ultron, then Justice League comes craft the bed so hard and they had the better heroes it was hard to screw up this movie and they still did that was garbage and like i, I was i don't know how i even got 40 percent around tomatoes just because like the tone's off too garbage i hate that movie yeah that movie same, sucks same thing what you were saying with batman versus superman nez just they rushed it they try to incorporate like three origin movies in this one yeah. movie yeah like really quickly like quick synopsis of this character before we jump into it with steppenwolf it's like it's like they screwed up with Batman versus Superman from trying to squeeze all of these plot lines into one movie. And they're like, oh, okay, this wasn't well-received. How can I learn from this and move forward? All right, let's squeeze three origin stories into this and create a whole super team. Like, what? Mm. Like, it makes no sense. Well, they, they made the same mistake again after screwing up. They made the same mistake again. I don't understand. We should just title this episode. CGI, crappy, crappy CGI uh, mustache cover-ups. Yeah. Oh, my God. What are they that doing? Was, that was so bad. My what are you so doing? Like, you think you're going to, like, like, pretty boy Henry Cavill or burly boy Henry Cavill. You're not – you're going to make his face look like that? Looks like he had plastic surgery. Look like he had plastic surgery. It Absolutely. was terrible looking. I Absolutely. can't believe he even okayed this. Yeah. I, if I were Henry Cavill, I'd be like, don't show my face like that. It was literally the first scene of the movie. With his yeah. face, like saving the kid on the video camera. He's got a hook face and he screen. got like a hook coming out of his top lip. Disgusting. Looked terrible on the big screen. Oof. Okay. Your last pick, Dr. O. I got to go over 60. You guys took a lot of the good ones. I'm going to go with the theme of this one, Wonder Woman 1984. That's my last pick, over 60. Um, 
there were because a lot of the over 60s it was tough because a lot of the over 60s are mcu movies and then i also uh, i'm not gonna does anyone have to pick dc anymore are we all done with that uh well Oh, yeah, well, yes, we're all done. Even miscellaneous. So, yes. Even because... Over 60? We Did someone do over 60? Yes, we all did. Okay. So, I was going to say Aquaman. That was what it was between. That and Aquaman. The Aquaman I didn't love, but, like, it had that Star Wars type of look to it. And I wasn't going to pick Wonder Woman 1984. I, was, I wasn't going to pick Aquaman as a worse movie compared to that, especially from yeah. what I just saw. Like, it was just... Recency bias. In my mind, it just bit. went through bad movie, bad movie, bad movie. And I'm not going to be able to get it out of my brain for a long time. Yeah, I get that. I I think it's for Rotten Tomatoes over sixty. I think it's a good pick. Not many of them in the DCU. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So you got to specify also when we put on that graphic, like which one was your over sixty pick. Right. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Right. It's all about the graphic, you know. All right. On to me. My last pick. I have pre two thousand eight. I'm in a battle right now with myself. I know Dr. O took Batman and Robin, which I, this is tough. Um, I'm going to go one where it was one of the first movies I've seen in theaters. Hulk in 2003. I Mm. thought that was atrocious. Even like coming out of that movie, like Nick Nolte, like scared me a little bit. Um, just like it was a random character they threw in at the end when he was tied, his hands were tied behind his back. I, I just, I was mesmerized by how bad it was, even at that young age. And moving forward, rewatching it, it's tough to even rewatch. And there's a couple other on the board I won't mention because I know Nez has a pick coming up. But comparing it to other Hulk movies or just other movies in the same genre, I thought it was just a travesty, even for 2003. So Hulk is my final pick. My pre- that, that movie, movie that movie was so boring and like it was like the same era it was like 2003 so that's like same era as like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man like right in the middle of that and so and, and those are so enjoyable for like everybody whether you're a kid or you're an adult then you have Hulk come out that movie wasn't even for kids like that was that had some very like scary scenes to it uh and it just I mean I remember I saw it was like well how old was I eight when that came out, mm-hmm. I went to go see it in theaters. And I remember I kept asking my dad, when is Hulk coming? When is Hulk coming? And like literally, took forever. it took 50 to an hour, 50 minutes to an hour to like see Hulk. And mm-hmm. finally, when he came in, I remember him just like destroying these poodles, like like these like small yeah. dogs. Are, Terrible. Like, yeah. So it's just like. Who was seen was him jumping in the desert, just, jumping miles. Yeah. The movie also just didn't age well. The CGI looks terrible. Awful. Awful. He looks like, Shre- I mean, Shrek might look better. <laughs> a pretty good comparison but nez your final pick round us out mr relevant all right mr relevant got to pick last pick of the draft of the draft this is pre-2008 this came out just before 2008 in 2007 um and before i even say this can i just say has it have, have they ever made a good fantastic four movie because fantastic four 2007 is crap not too. yet Fa- fantastic four rise of silver surfer surfer bad cgi terrible plot line not really that entertaining like i remember seeing the first the first uh the first fantastic four that they came out with and thinking it was kind of cool and by the time the next one came out i was grown up a little bit more and i was like wow this is crap why did i even like the first one um yeah that's that that's it they just they i don't know what it is they just can't make a good fantastic four movie and that's okay with me 
I, I like that pick. Just be, like speaking of the CGI, just seeing Mister Fantastic in that movie, it like once again does not age well. Like it just looks so bad. It looks like you're stretching like some cheese stick or something. It just does not look good on screen. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah, I'll come to its defense a little bit. I did think it was kind of cool, like the Silver Surfer. I think because I have when I was at that age, I watched a lot of the cartoons with the Silver Surfer. And I thought it was a really cool character. So it was cool to see him on the big screen, even though the CGI wasn't that great. And also, I do agree with you, though, on the other end. I really liked the first one. So the expectation of the sequel was really high and with the Silver Surfer as well. And it just fell. So. I wanted to be Johnny Storm, though, when I was little. Like, I wanted to be Chris <laughs> of, Evans. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah. like, I, like, he was, like, one of my favorite, like, movie characters as a kid. But also, underrated, like, the way Doctor Doom, they how he looked on screen was pretty cool in the first one. I thought they, like, it, like I was a... I'm a, I collected Spider-Man comics as a kid. And then if you like, like just translated with the green hood and like, it just and the metal on his face. I, I thought that part was cool overall, just not a good movie though. And it was like stretched to bring back Dr. Doom in the sequel too. Yeah. Dr. O any honorable mentions on your end? Ghost Rider spirit of vengeance, which that, I wish I had that on one. my list. That was yeah. like maybe the worst movie I've ever seen in the theater. Ghost Rider two. Um, yeah. Terrible. Dark I couldn't take that one. Cause it was, Pre two thousand eight, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I I never Dark finished Phoenix that. Dark Phoenix is one. an abomination. Just there's so many X Men. <laughs> well, there's so many X Men movies. Throw in the damn towel. That's, my, what, that's what I would say when I was watching that movie. Just stop. <laughs> just stop. Just stop. You better it's not so release bad. it. And that's so like after bad. like that's after like the Fox deal was done. It's kind of like they literally did throw in the towel because they did <laughs> the Apocalypse one too. Stop the, the fight. Apocalypse one terrible. Like the, the casting the Apocalypse. Like, Oscar Isaac, oh, tough look. But also, I just I wasn't a fan of the casting the younger guys as the older characters characters in Apocalypse. Like I was okay mm-hmm. with James McAvoy as Professor X, like in the like first him, class Days of Future Past. I did like that, and I like Fassbender as Magneto. He's electric. Like I love, like Fassbender is amazing actor. But seeing like Ty Sheridan, we're bringing it back to him as Cyclops. Like, dude, you can't have that kid playing Cyclops. Sophie Turner, we love. Uh, we love her in Game of Thrones, and she was okay. She's a pretty face, but I don't think she has the acting chops to carry the X Men franchise, which she was she did supposed not. to do in the future. So, and then she obviously was supposed to do so in Dark Phoenix, but that was a stinker. You know, X Men Origins also, that was also at a. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I like that X-Men, movie. X Men: The Last Stand gets a really gets a really bad rep. I I enjoyed that movie and that the Dark Phoenix plotline in that movie. I did too. The Phoenix plotline in actual Dark Phoenix. But for right, some reason, why, why does Last Stand get a bad rep? I don't understand. The conclusion was kind of not what fans wanted to see. I think. I think that what Cyclops happened, died in the first five minutes. Yeah, and at the end with Magneto and just kind of flip flopping, and the whole point of the final scene was kind of just com- like just confusing. And- <laughs> Juggernaut. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I was running through my elementary and middle school screaming that and getting in trouble. <laughs> We're like, you playing Kill the Carrier at Reapsers. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> that was so much fun. Dr. O. And then, uh, oh, wait. Sorry. Well, I just want to say in uh, Last Stand, I think, was it, I think it was a good scene. It was when Magneto, not Mag, it's Magneto, Professor X, and Jean Grey in the house and everything. And they, she starts like going to the dark side. And everything's floating in the air. She ends up being like a fight. You remember that? Oh, right. It, yes. It, yes. Yes. That, that scene, I think, was pretty good. I, I, I didn't. I don't mind the last stand. I'm not a hater on it. Yeah. Uh, so with miscellaneous for me, Ghost Rider two, Green Hornet, or the other two that. Oh, would have been a good pick. 
I was battling between those two, but I picked Fantastic Four for movies pre-2008. I kind of regret my pick because there is three others that I really want. I was looking at The Punisher. Mm. I thought terrible. Travolta as the villain. Yeah. Good video, good video game, though. I've heard that. You played that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then Zoom. Zoom with Tim Allen. Chevy I, Chase. I, I saw that. I was never going to put it down just because I watched it so much as a kid. I just – Tim Allen. It wasn't good. As a superhero. And him, that, 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 that tubby kid. I wonder where he, what he's doing. Yeah. He's one, like, of the, right. one of the villains – His power na- is that he's fat. That was his Yeah. Power. Yeah, and one of the villains' names was Concussion. It's kind of a sick name. Concussion. <laughs> CTE. <laughs> and then uh, MCU. Concussion. I, I do want to say Iron Man 3 I thought – was terrible. I don't know why people think that's good. I don't know if you guys think the I same had, way. I hate that movie. It was on my list. I think Guy Pearce sucks in that movie. And Ben Kingsley, who was playing one of the best MCU villains of all time, was a fake villain. I thought it was terrible. Awful. But any, anything else? I didn't like how he was never in the suit. That's who. That's who. No, oh, you covered, we covered it. Let's recap him. All right. Recap. Dr. O. Batman, Batman and Robin was pre-2008. Captain Marvel, MCU. Catwoman, miscellaneous. Justice League, 2017. And Wonder Woman, 1984, over 60%. Ricky Flicks, Thor of the Dark World, MCU. Suicide Squad, DCEU. Birds of Prey, over 60%. Fantastic Four, 2015. Miscellaneous. And then Hulk, 2003, pre-2008. And then Nez. Thor, MCU, Spider-Man 3, over 60%, Batman vs. Superman, DCEU, Green Lantern, Miscellaneous, and Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, pre-2008. Bada boom. Drops All up. right, well, Fun I top that, that concludes our episode. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough top billing. That was tough. A lot of very limited choices, but I think it ended up being a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, any last comments before we go ahead and wrap this thing up? Keep following the blog. Subscribers keep going up every, every, what do you say? (laughs) I rescind my wish again, but not this wish. I rescind my wish. Keep subscribing. Tell your friends about the blog. Subscribe to the pod. We're banging these out every week. Timely. All right. Follow, follow, follow. Guys, please leave us another review. Leave us another review. If you rate us five stars, we will give you another shout out in next week's uh, podcast and read your review at the beginning of the next episode. And please, please, please follow us on all the social media platforms. That is at the drive in pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. the drive in on Facebook and YouTube, and check out our blog on a daily basis on the drive in Thank you very much for listening to us today. And we will smell you later.